You're listening to the Voice of Encouragement radio show with hosts Angela and Jamie Lingerfeld. We hope by the end of today's show, a smile is on your face and hope is in your heart. Happy Sunday. Revelations 2, start in verse 2. And I'll go ahead and read all of it, sister, and then you can just read it too. How's that sound? And, it says, and this is in English. It says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered, you have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its place. Yo os conozco tus obras y, y tu arduo trabajo y paciencia, y que no puedes soportar a los malos, y has, has prohibido a los que se dicen ser apóstoles y no lo son, y a los has hallado mi, mentirosos, y has sufrido y has tenido paciencia y has trabajado arduamente por amor de mi nombre, y no has desmayado, pero tengo contra ti que haga, has dejado tu primer amor. Recuerda, por tanto, de dónde de donde has caído y arrepiéntate y, lu- y hasta las primeras obras pues si no vendré pronto y- a ti y quitaré tu candelero de su lugar si no te uh, hubieres arrepentido I don't want to just have a heart talk with you today, okay? I want to share from my heart y- y él quiere compartir, ¿verdad? De su corazón. More than anything in the world I really believe our country I'm real concerned for the spiritual climate that's in our country right now and it really troubles me anytime God speaks a word like this to me I, I tremble when I hear him speak things like I just heard because, because I don't want that to be me I don't want that to be me at all you know, I've been married, I've been married, baby, 20, 23 years. That's better to ask than to make a fool of yourself, right? <laughs> I know it's 20-something, but every time I look, I look, yesterday was my daughter's birthday, and she's now 19. In, in many ways, my relationship with God is so very much like a marriage. Y en muchas formas, ¿verdad? La relación de él con Dios ha sido como algo. It concerns me the way that people see and, and treat Jesus. Y le preocupa, ¿verdad? Cómo es que la gente mira y trata a, a, a Dios. You know, he has feelings too. He, he gets hurt just like you do. Y pero Cristo igual tiene, tiene sentimientos y, y también lo lastimamos. If you read in, in, in the time of Noah, when, Noah, when you read Noah's time, when God saw that man was evil, it, it says it grieved him and hurt him all the way to his heart. Most important thing that we have in our life is love for him. And I'm concerned that that motive has gone from the body of Christ. I, this body of believers in America, the body of Christ in America, remind me so much of a scripture in the book of Hosea. 
y el cuerpo verdad que hay en América el cuerpo de Cristo que hay en América le recuerda mucho eh, lo que pasó en Oseas hay una palabra, una frase ahí, una palabra que dice, tú, tú me quieres a mí. But you do not want to be intimate with me. And I think so much how that describes the climate of our country right now, in the church world completely. Everybody's going to Jesus to get something. But I'm asking how many people's going to Jesus to get Jesus. Pero cuánta gente viene al Señor solamente por el Señor. We chase a lot of things that's not God. Y estamos persiguiendo por muchas cosas, pero no es por Dios. In English, if you were to think for a minute, just think about how this relates to marriage and relationship. If you were to think for a minute about the motive for dating someone, if you were dating a person just to get what they have, just to have sex with them, or just to want something from them other than who they are as a person, that would anger you. I love Angela because of who she is, not what she does for me. God wants to be loved for who he is. And he is worthy of being loved. Because it doesn't matter how many things you do, if it's not motivated by love, it doesn't matter, it comes to nothing. When I looked at that scripture, I thought, man, now these people had really gone through some stuff. And he listed all the things they were doing and then had a problem with them. The problem was the motive that they had at first for why they do what they do with God. And that motive is love. I was thinking about when I met Angela. I was thinking about when I first met Angela. Oh gosh, uh, 24, 25 years ago. I was thinking about. I thought about her all the time. And how I just couldn't wait to get along with her somewhere and us be together. And I was so interested in who she was and what she liked and didn't like. Because I was in love. And I'm concerned at times that our lives as Christians are very much alive. You know, I think a lot of the problem with marriage that we have in our country stems from people not being intimately in love with Christ. Why we do what we do means more to God than what you do. This is another scripture in the Bible that scares me. I'm about to tell you right now. Jesus said, Now all those who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. All who said, Lord, Lord, will Jesus said, But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now this is the difficult part. Many will say on that day, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not work wonders in your name? 
Did we not cast out devils in your name? And Jesus said, I never knew you. Do you notice he did not deny that those that was the truth, that they had in fact healed the sick? That they had cast out devils. They had done many wonderful things. But why they did it was wrong. Because it was not done out of love. Then he goes on to say, My mother and my brothers are these that hear the word of God and do it, which is that you. That's, me. That's you and me. We hear the word of God and we obey because God obedience is God's love language. When Americans are so concerned about the five different love languages, and that's okay. But are we, are we just as concerned about God's love language? It is more important to be completely surrendered to Christ in love than it is to do a lot of stuff. Because when that relationship gets right and it's done in love, it will spur on good works that will follow. But if you don't have love, it does not matter what you do. You can have the tongues of men and of angels, but if you have love, it profits nothing. You can prophesy, you can move in the word of knowledge, you can heal the sick, but if you do not have love, it matters to nothing. I would have to say that love is really important to God. He will get you what you need, but He just wants you. And more than anything, He wants you just to want Him. Because you're in love with him. Not because you need something from him, but you're in love with him. I would say that if I went up to a woman and I married her to get her money and her car and all her money that she had and for all the things she could do for me if I went through that but I did not want to be intimate with her and it was all about me and it was not about knowing her that would be terrible but I see that in America that's the way we treat God we don't care about what we do and how it affects him we don't care about what we watch and how that affects him sometimes we don't care and I'm preaching to myself about what we say because it don't think about how this affects him a healthy marriage is a marriage where we consider how the choices we make will affect our spouse. Right? Us guys, we, we work and we provide and we fix things because we want our wife to have the things she needs. But even that relationship will not make it if it's not done for love. What happens? Where are we going to be in our country when we don't get what we want? 
What happens when we don't have the things we think we need? Or we don't get our way? What that's going to do is it's going to separate the church. You will see the sheep, those who are in it for the right reason. And you will see the goats, the one that was in it for all the wrong reasons. And there will be, and there's coming the shaking. And people who are straddling the fence are now being shaken off. Let me ask you something. If Jesus never did another thing for you, do you love him? Do I love him? Do I love him for who he is and for his personality and his character and his soul? Do I love him for that? Or do I love him because he gets me what I want when I want it? And if he don't, I'm going to pout. What happens if a famine comes in this in our country? What happens if we have a time where food is not easy to get a hold of? What happens when more Muslims walk in churches and kill Christians in America? Are we still going to follow Jesus or not? In fact, I honestly believe that instead of us looking for what we can give, we need to weigh the cost and see whether we're willing to give everything to Him. And if we get nothing in return but who he is, is that enough for you? God, I would rather know more about his character than I would what he can do. You know, in America, we use a term called a gold digger. I really believe that describes the bride of Christ in America. She's looking for money. She's looking for a name. She's looking to have a title. She's looking for all how it benefits her. From the get-go, that is her motive. She don't care how what she takes affects that man. She don't care how what she does affects that man. Because she don't care about that man. And we don't care about how Jesus is. I'm telling you, he, if it costs you everything in your life, he deserves it. He's worthy of it, and I would gladly give it in a minute. I can live eternally without breath. I can live without money. But I'm going to tell you something. I die without Christ. I die when I don't feel love. He's going to be faithful to you because of the covenant. The question is, are we going to be faithful to him? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will put his desires into your heart. Delight yourself in other things and other desires get in your heart. Do you know you're going to pursue what you desire? When Angel goes overseas, I think about I miss her. I miss her so much sometimes. 
And I think about her, I catch myself thinking about her, is she doing okay? Do I, should I just pray right now for her? But do we really feel that way about Christ? I mean, if we go a day or two without being close to Him or talking to Him, do we really miss Him? Cuando nosotros tenemos el tiempo con él en verdad y nos apartamos un poco, en verdad lo extrañamos, lo podemos extrañar. We have chosen not to miss one day of prayer in seven years. Because we've lived the consequences of what happened to us when we did not pray and when we did not make him first. And I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying that my life has been a whole lot better since I got up every day of my life and made Jesus a little bit of time. You may not know what to do for two and a half hours a day with God. But how about 20 minutes? 20 minutes of sitting down without looking and focusing on anything but Him. That would be the best 20 minutes of your day, whether you know it at first or not, it will be. All the stupid stuff I did in ministry was because I didn't consult Him first. My daughter, my daughter Charity, she's eight years old. I'm not good with numbers. I'm sorry. I have, I have dyslexia. Going on. She's eight. So she's eight years old. And Charity has a thing about wanting to do good stuff for you. And she wants to do a lot of stuff and then she wants you to be okay with what she did for you. And why I am, while I am thankful, Sometimes she neglects doing what I asked her to do to do what she wanted to do and then wants me to be okay with it. I said, baby, I appreciate that you want to do stuff for me, but you show love to daddy and God by doing what I need you to do first. She says, okay. The next day I have to tell her the same thing again. Doing what daddy wants you to do first is a priority over doing what you want to do and making daddy okay with it. How many times we offer God what we want to give God instead of what God really wants from us? What aggravates me more than anything in the world about that, that trade of charity she got it she got it from me <laughs> she inherited that from me you know what I've learned about things that kids do weaknesses they inherit from their parents it's our responsibility to teach them out of those things in their life it's our responsibility to teach them how not to let that be the thing that destroys their life. You know, in the Bible, Saul was sent by God on a mission to wipe out another nation. Y 
And he had orders from God to wipe everything out to not leave anybody alive. And Saul went and done a halfway job. And he started to be swayed by what people thought about him instead of what God was going to think about him. Saul lived in the fear of man, not in the fear of God. Samuel came along and he said what is this I hear he said oh I've done everything God asked me to do <laughs> do you know what that reveals more than anything is it reveals who was sitting on the throne of his heart and calling the shots it was not God right he, had, he was so used to doing what he wanted to do and making God okay with it that he didn't even know what he was doing anymore was because of him and not God he got confused God called David a man after my own heart who would do all my will on the earth our mothers and our brothers are not those that just come to church or just show up for 10 minutes a week our mothers and our brothers are who takes orders from God and then does what he asks because they love it and they want their obedient actions to be a show of love because that's the only way he feels love religion it, the essence of religion is doing the essence of religion is doing all the right things with the wrong heart what was the first <laughs> uh, uh, how would you say I guess the traits of religion I'll share okay. the traits of religion the signs of religion is doing a lot of good things but with the wrong heart if you want a pastor who's going to focus on what God is saying and how to best minister to you and this community if you need a pastor who is willing to say yes even if it costs him something I am happiest when I'm doing every day whatever God asks me to do. I love it. I love it. I'm not rich. I'm not rich. But I love God. And I know He loves me. And I love Him to love me. Because when He loves me, then I'll obey Him. So it all starts with Him, right? It all starts with Him. So we need to let our days and our life start with Him. It's just a very practical thing. I found myself the other day sitting in my chair at home. Getting aggravated with that little old dog, Angelus. Because he jumped pounces up and down on me. And I said, Dog, my legs hurt. Lay down. When I was, when I was getting aggravated with him, I had this one thought. I wonder what's on Jesus' heart right now. 
I wonder how good. Jesus feels about me watching 1940s mob shows. You know, some of the black and whites are actually okay for me to watch. Now, y'all watch what you want. That's between you and God. As long as it's being between you and God. As long as God is aware of what you're doing and you're knowing that. But I thought, you know, how would God feel about me doing this? How would God, how would my family be affected by doing this? How would the body of Christ be affected by what I am doing? Because we are all one body joined to one head that is Christ Jesus. And whether you love God or not affects my life whether you see it or not. The body of Christ edifies itself in Love. So if we're not in love with Jesus, the body will be discouraged, depressed, downcast. What you do affects everything. Every choice you make affects somebody else. What you do affects your family. There has been times where I have been discouraged in ministry. And I stopped and thought about how is me giving up doing what I do, how is that going to affect my children? So, it's written in the book of Ecclesiastes. And I'm paraphrasing. Solomon said, What does it matter how much a man has if God doesn't give him the ability to enjoy it and eat it? Some of the most miserable people in the world are people that are wealthy. Poverty has nothing to do with the amount of money you have, it has to do with how much you believe you have. When are we going to get back to, as a body of believers, being content with Godliness? The desire to want all those other things we reach out to will disappear when we delight ourselves in the Lord. And now we're living our life for love. When people read our life, when, our, when we're gone, if people look back at our life, what will they say about us? What will we passionate about? Were we passionate about church? Even and whether and that's not wrong. But were we passionate about church? Were we passionate about all the stuff we do? How big our house is? Our pursuit of our daily life was it about Christ or just about doing a bunch of stuff? I don't I don't come to church to be loved by God. I come to church because of God's love in me. I come to church because Jesus goes to church. 
I hope he came with you today. Well, I go to church because he leads me to church. I don't go to church to be seen. I don't go to church anymore to preach. I don't go to church anymore to preach. I go to church because when I ask God, he wants to go. And you know, it's just that It's that simple. My life is not complicated. It can be hard, but it's never complicated. Every day it comes down to the same thing again. Who do I love? And do I care about what I choose to do? How will that affect the one I love? We hope you enjoyed today's show. To find out more about the Voice of Encouragement, find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash VOE Radio. That's VOE Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Sunday morning at 1030 on WSGC 105.3.